For the last several weeks, we've been reading passages of Scripture in the final chapters of John that described some of the activities of Christ just before His crucifixions. The teachings that He taught, some of the things that He did, some of the ways that He tried to help His disciples prepare for that event. Then over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at His crucifixion on Palm Sunday, and then on Easter Sunday, we celebrated the resurrection. But the story doesn't end there. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of Jesus' teachings after the resurrection, some things that He taught His disciples before He ascended into heaven, some things that we as believers need to understand. Today, we'll still be in John chapter 20. Uh, We'll be focusing on verses 19 through 21. Everyone likes a good surprise. Now, notice I said a good surprise, because a lot of people don't like surprises. Uh, Most of us could could live without the family member that jumps out of the closet in the dark night going, gotcha! That might make America's funniest funniest home videos, but it also might get that guy punched in the face. But a good surprise, we like that. That unexpected check in the mail, we like that. That unanticipated raise at work, we like that. That phone call from a friend that you haven't heard from in years, we like those kinds of surprises. Well, here in John chapter 20, the disciples were not just in for a good surprise. They were in for the best surprise in all History. Now, we've, we've read through this series of, of events that uh, surrounded the, the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. Uh, just three days before this particular passage we're going to look at this morning, they had watched Jesus die. And they had seen Him, His lifeless body, taken off the cross and carried to a borrowed tomb. At least the disciples who hadn't already run away and hid saw all of that. And now they they heard these reports of something unimaginable taking place at the cemetery. But, But none of it made any sense until they saw Jesus. That's where we pick up the story this morning in verse 19 of John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Celebration does not end with Easter Sunday morning. There is much, much more to come. This morning we're going to focus on a promise that Jesus made to the disciples. It's a promise that Jesus makes over and over and over again throughout the New Testament. In fact, it's a promise that God had made to His people since the very beginning. It's a promise He makes to you today. Peace be with you. Talk about an eventful day. 
This was certainly not the day the disciples had been expecting. They woke up on that Sunday morning in deep agony, fear. They, they were hiding for their very lives. But we know the story. We looked at it last week. The women went to the tomb. They, they found the tomb empty. Mary Magdalene came back to the disciples with these fantastic stories about seeing angels and then even having seen Jesus himself. But that couldn't be true. It just couldn't be. So two of the disciples had run to the tomb to see for themselves And we saw last week how John couldn't even bring himself to go inside the tomb. He was so overwhelmed. But Peter rushed on in, found the tomb to be empty, found the grave cloths neatly folded there in the tomb, minus the body of Christ. But it still didn't make any sense. In fact, they didn't know what to make of any of it. And then they thought they did. Now, the Bible doesn't record the conversation that Peter and John had as they went back to the other disciples, but it's not too hard to figure out what they probably said. Because in John chapter 20, verse 19, after Peter and John have come back and told the disciples what they found, they're scared out of their mind. Specifically, verse 19 says that the disciples were together with the doors locked. For fear of the Jews. It's no question what their conversation was about. Now, now first, it's it's important to note here, when it it talks about the Jews, this isn't some kind of racial thing. The phrase, the Jews, is used often in the New Testament to specifically refer to the religious leadership. what, What we would more often call the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. Those who have been responsible for Jesus' death and execution. And the disciples, and probably including Peter and John, in that conversation coming back from the tomb, they had convinced themselves and then they had convinced the rest of the disciples that the end was near. With Jesus' body missing, they knew who was going to be blamed. They knew who the fall men were going to be. They knew they would soon be blamed and be arrested. And they were right. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were known for not leaving any loose ends. It would only be a matter of time before they came for the disciples and one by one they would face the same fate that Jesus had faced. So they were terrified. Just waiting for that knock at the door. Knowing what it would mean. And then... Everything changed. (laughs) Suddenly, Jesus was standing right there with them. John emphasizes that the doors were locked. (laughs) Well, that was no problem for the risen Savior. He had a physical body, something that he would prove again and again and again over the next several days as he appeared to many more people. But it was also Unique. It was also different. It was not subject to the normal kinds of limitations that we're subject to. No locked door was going to stop him. He wanted his disciples to know the truth. 
And so there he was. Not some ghost, not some vision, but the real living Lord. He let them see his hands and his side to prove it to them that this was really him. There were the marks of the nails. There was the mark of the spear. This was the same Jesus that just three days before they had seen crucified at Calvary. The same Jesus that they'd watched buried hastily in a borrowed tomb. And now this same Jesus was standing right there in front of them. They saw it for themselves. Missouri is widely known as the show-me state. says so right there on the license plate. According to Wikipedia, the phrase is usually attributed to Congressman Willard Vandiver, who reportedly said, Frothy eloquence neither convinces nor satisfies me. I'm from Missouri. You have to show me. Missouri's had some other unofficial nicknames through the years, including the Lead State, the Bullion State, the Ozark State, the Mother of the West, the Iron Mountain State, and for some reason, the Pennsylvania of the West. But it's the Show Me State. That's the one that stuck. And I'm guessing it's because nobody could figure out why anybody would want to be the Pennsylvania of the West. (laughs) The resurrection is the ultimate show-me situation. The disciples wouldn't believe the women. They wouldn't believe Mary Magdalene. They wouldn't even believe their own eyes when they saw the empty tomb. But now there was no room for doubt. The resurrected Savior was standing right there in front of them. We can know this same truth. And all of the meaning that it has for us. And over the next several weeks, we're going to look at Jesus' teachings of what the meaning is of his resurrection. This is a spectacular event. It's a wonderful celebration. It's an amazing historical reality. But, oh, there is such depth of meaning that his resurrection has for us. We're going to look at that over the next few weeks. But, but Jesus identifies one of those in this passage. The risen Jesus gives us peace. Jesus says it twice to his disciples so they wouldn't miss it. Peace be with you. The phrase was was really pretty common in, in the New Testament day. It was one you would hear often as you were walking down the street. It kind of was one of those things that folks would say when they didn't know what else to say. You know, maybe they didn't really know you. Maybe they couldn't remember your name. You've been in that situation where you know you know somebody and you know you're supposed to know their name, but you can't think of what it is. And so you say, "Uh, have a nice day. That's what we would usually say. That's kind of one of the phrases that we kind of come up with as a a normal Greek. And peace be with you was kind of like that in in the New Testament day. It was just one of those things that people would kind of say to you when they didn't have anything else they could think of to say. But it was a a nice thing. It was a a wish for you to have peace. It was a hope that that you would have peace. It was, have a nice day, kind of an expression. But Jesus uses that phrase in a very different way. And this wasn't the first time he'd said it to his disciples. He'd said it several times. 
Back in John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And then he tells them why in the next verse. Verse 28 of John 14, he says, You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. And now six chapters later, it happened. Just like Jesus said that it would. Jesus had gone away, but he came back. But this was no ordinary trip. He had defeated death. Our greatest enemy, he had vanquished. So he tells the disciples and he tells us, peace be with you. The first statement when he says peace be with you, it was, it was the, the common greeting. It, it kind of would have been what you sort of would have expected a leader to say who came in with his followers, and that's kind of how you would expect them to start uh, that, uh, you know, like good morning. Good morning is actually, a, you know, an expression of I hope you have a morning that is good. You know, it's, it's kind of that kind of thing. So peace be with you. It wouldn't have been that unusual for them to have heard those words from Jesus, though this was a very unusual kind of a situation. But, but again, that's, that's not so unusual for, for them to hear that. But, but Jesus wanted them to say, wait a minute, I'm not just giving you a greeting. I'm not just saying hello. And so he repeats it again. Peace be with you. And this statement comes with a commission. The first of three that Jesus will give his disciples in these post-resurrection appearances. And we'll look at the other two a little later on. But this is the first one. It's here in verse 21. He says, again, Jesus said, and John emphasizes that this is again. (laughs) He said, hey guys, wake up. You need to hear this one. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. The peace that we now have in Christ. It's not simply to make us feel comfortable. The peace that we have in the resurrected Christ allows us to go in His name. And the commission that Jesus had given before the crucifixion, back there in John chapter 14, is now verified by the resurrection here in John chapter 20. And so it is with us. Tomorrow morning when you go to work, if your boss comes in and tells you, I want you to completely refurbish the entire office, you might look at him a little funny. You might even look at him a little bit angry. Say, wait a minute, that's not my job. I'm not the furniture mover of the company. 
refurbish the office. I don't have time to do that. I've got my job I've got to do. I don't have time to pick paint and carpet and furniture and rearrange everything, figure out where it all goes to go. I, I don't have the resources to do that. I don't have the authority to do that. How am I supposed to get that done? But if your boss came in and said, I have an extremely important task that I need the very best person in this organization to do. I've got to have somebody that I trust. I've got to have somebody that I can depend on. You're the guy. We've got a new client coming in next month, and the office, it needs to look professional. It needs to look more attractive. And you've got a great eye for that. Now, I'm going to find some other folks to take over your job for the, the next few weeks. Because I want you to focus 100% on this task. It's so important. I need you to put all of your energy into making this happen. And I've gone back over the budget. I've allocated all the money that you're going to need to purchase all the different items that you're going to need to purchase. And anybody that you need to help you in this task, you just say the word. I'll bring them in. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to give you a $20,000 bonus to get this job done. What do you say? That's a little bit different. If you've been supplied with the time, the resources, and the people to get it done, the job makes a lot more sense. And hey, a $20,000 bonus, I can take that. Folks, Jesus has given us much, much more than just a $20,000 bonus. If you read the verses that follow, and we're going to do that over these next few weeks, you're going to see just exactly what it is that Jesus has given us. For one thing, He's given us His presence. His Holy Spirit. Which He's going to explain to the disciples is even better than His physical presence with them. And He's given us His message. A message of complete forgiveness and restoration. A message that we've been called to share with the world. You see, the peace that Jesus gives provides these tremendous implications. We've been given the greatest task in history. Just imagine if you'd been one of those disciples standing there in that room. You've been afraid that you were going to lose your life. And all of a sudden Jesus is telling you, okay, unlock the doors, get out there in the streets, and start telling people about me. You'd have looked at Jesus going, how are we going to do that? I'm a fisherman. I used to collect taxes. I'm a zealot. I'm not a missionary. How am I going to do all that stuff? I don't know how to go out and tell people. I don't know how to go out and preach. I don't know how to go out and share a message like that. And by the way, did you notice there's people out there wanting to kill me? But see, Jesus didn't stop with, with just the commission. He says, hey, wait a minute. You are going with my peace. A peace that cannot be taken away from you. A peace that you will experience in a brand new way as my Spirit comes upon you. The peace that I give you is not like what the world gives. The peace that I give you, it's a lasting peace. It is a permanent reality. 
And it's a peace that you will be so overwhelmed with. You will have so much of my peace that it's going to overflow. You're not going to be able to stop yourself from telling people about the peace that I give to you. This morning, coming off of last week's celebration of Easter, remember, that's not the end of the story. We have peace. Never forget that the resurrection of Christ gives you peace. Heavenly Father, there is so much wrapped up in that that simple word, peace. We tend to think about it as a temporary respite from the problems of the world, a momentary stop along the journey of history where maybe we personally are not experiencing a war, although there are wars still going on all around us. Maybe we personally are not experiencing tribulation, although we recognize there's trouble and trial and difficulty all around us. And that's the way we think of worldly peace. It's just something that's kind of a temporary passing thing, something that's very fragile, something that that disappears in a moment's notice as the next problem comes along. But Lord, the promise that you've given us here in your words is different than that. What you have provided us is a lasting peace, a fulfilling peace, a peace that knows no end, a peace that is so profound It overwhelms even the greatest of problems that we face in life. And and Lord, help us to remember that you have given us that peace. You've also given us the commission that you gave to the disciples that day. To go out and tell people, to let the peace that we have overflow to the friends and neighbors and co-workers and schoolmates and all the others that we might come in contact with that they might know your peace as well. So help us do that, Lord. Transform us from those, those trembling disciples behind a locked door to bold evangelists for your glory as we share peace. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. It's an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing in your life this morning. Maybe you're here or maybe you're watching us online and and for the first time you've thought, you know, that's exactly what I need. My life needs peace. All I've got is chaos right now. All I have is, is one problem after another and no matter what I do, I can't seem to get ahead of it. I desperately need peace. Well, let me tell you something. Anything the world offers you, it's just going to be temporary. You might have a momentary absence of difficulty, but tomorrow will bring just a brand new one. But what Jesus offers is very, very different. What Jesus offers is everlasting peace, overflowing peace. And we want to share that with you today. Now, ordinarily, what we would do is invite you to come down here to the front. Uh, We'd sit down and show you in the Scripture where Jesus has made this very significant promise, not just to His disciples, but He makes it to you too if you'll, by faith, entrust your life into His hands. We can't do that personally 
now because of the virus situation, but we do have some ways that we can do that. If you're here with us personally and the pew racks there before you, there's a white card that says connection card on the top of it. Just take one of those. Give us some contact information, some, some way to get in touch with you, whether it's an address, phone number, or an email address. And, and, and then just there's a box you can check that says, I, I want to follow Christ. Or, or you can just write it on the card. So I want to know more about the peace that Jesus has for me. And we'll be in touch with you to share with you personally how you can know peace in Jesus. If you're watching us online, you can do the very same thing. We have a digital form of that very same connection card. It's on our website, nationalheights.org. Hello. Uh, You'll find that link uh, in our Facebook page if you're watching us there. Or you can also find that link on our webpage. It's just below where you're viewing the video if you're watching us on our webpage. And just follow that link. It'll take you to a connection card where you can give us some connection information, a way we can contact you. And then, again, in the text box, just write out, I want to follow Jesus. Or there's some check boxes. You can check the box that says, I want to follow Christ as my Savior. Maybe there's some other ways that God's dealing with you. There are places on that card to indicate that. Maybe you're looking for a church home. Uh, We would love to share with you what God's doing here at National Heights and how you can be a part. Just check that box. Or there's some other decisions there as well. Or maybe you have a prayer need, something that's really burdening you today, something you would really appreciate some fellow believers praying with you. We would be glad to do that. Uh, There's a text box down at the bottom of the digital form. It's on the back side of the connection card we have here physically. You can just write down a prayer request that you'd like us to be praying about. If you're here personally, just take those cards, drop them in one of the baskets as you're, you're exiting out this morning. You'll see the basket right there on your right. Just drop it in there. Uh, send it to us digitally there. You'll find the instructions there on the digital form. We would be glad to be sharing with you or be praying with you, whatever God might lead you to ask us to do. Today we invite you to find peace with Jesus as we sing to him this morning.